I'm not gonna debate you, Jerry. I'm not gonna sit here and debate. Woo! We are here, Red Glare Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Daniel Fritch. I am your host. And on today's show, I'm going to be joined by VT at Brown Chubby Bear on Twitter. He is one-third of the Texans Fan Battle Podcast, a big-time Texans fan. He's really good at this, and he was gracious enough, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. He's going to give us his takes on the game. But first, I'm going to give you a few of mine. Um, We just watched the Texans and the Broncos, or at least I did. And wow, how fired up are you, huh? Nine points? Losing in a pretty underwhelming fashion (laughs) to a team that maybe not very good, certainly didn't play very well today. And I don't have a specific takeaway. Like last week, I did. I was like, Rex Burkhead, what are we doing? And this week, it's just a wash of penalties and incompletions and ineptitude, conservative play calling, missed opportunities. Defensive breakdowns, just so many times the Broncos left the door open and said, here, take this game. We don't actually want it. We don't actually care about it that much. And Lovey Smith was like, no, we're gentlemen. We will not take that game. You guys can have it. We are in Denver. We're in your house. It would be rude. It would be rude to take this game from you. And you can accuse the Houston Texas of a lot of things. Rudeness, not one of them not the 2022 Texans. We will not be rude. So pretty deflating, right? Like the the takeaway from this game for me is that Davis Mills did not play very well. We had an opportunity to win this game. We probably should have won this game as poorly as Denver played, and we didn't get the job done. So my first thought is Davis Mills. He had so many opportunities today. He missed a lot of open receivers. He had a lot of balls batted down. He showed, again, a lack of pocket awareness. And he also mixed in some really nice throws. Um, So it's it's hard to pass judgment entirely on Davis Mills' performance. It wasn't all bad today. Our defense played really well. It was a close game against what a lot of people thought would be a good team, the Denver Broncos. And, you know, when when I look, when I zoom out, It's important to remember we are a team in a rebuild. We do have 60 plus million dollars in dead cap money, money that's just not being spent on anyone that's on this team right now. And the expectations for this team were very low. Four and a half wins was our over-under. But when a game is close and the other team is not playing particularly well, you would like to see the team, the Texans, take advantage of that, seize that game. And we just weren't able to do it today. One thing I did want to point out as a positive, the Cleveland Browns, whose first-round pick we own as a result of the Deshaun Watson trade, they looked poised to go 2-0 today. They were up on the New Jets, and they blew that game late, and they're 1-1. So that is good news for Texans fans as we hold that first-round pick. Um, Before I go further, let's go ahead and uh, let's touch on our, let's hit the Rookie Watch segment. Five long years he wore this watch. Up his ass. All right, so Derek Stingley Jr., Derek Stingley Jr., had sort of a tough day. They, it seemed like they were picking on him. He was, he was the, 
the cover man on the intended receiver time and time again. He had a ton of tackles as a result. Um, I didn't think he played that bad. Like, uh, just watching him, he gave up a lot of catches, but a lot of those are um, in zone, sort of a cover two look. Um, He did have a lapse in judgment on, I think, what was the play of the game, the first play of the fourth quarter on a third and 15 that we, we allowed them to convert to Cortland Sutton. But overall, I thought he was great. The rookie to me that that ran away with the game was Damian Pierce. And you know this to be a Damian Pierce fan podcast. He had his best start, his best game of his career, of course, better than last week's. 15 carries, 69 yards, one catch, eight yards. He looked great, running hungry. He's growing. He's making mistakes. He's a rookie. That's okay. You're going to make mistakes. But he looks awesome out there, and he's so fun to watch, and I can't wait to see him next week. And as a fan, that to me, that's a big part of the appeal of an entertainment product is why am I tuning into the Texans? What are they giving me that's interesting, that I'm looking forward to? And for me, the very first thing I'm thinking of is Damian Pierce. In fact, I am sitting here in a Chinese-made knockoff battle red Damian Pierce jersey um, with no Texans logos on it. It's a very strange-looking shirt, but I'm wearing it because I love Damian Pierce. And I was excited by his performance today, and I can't wait to see him moving forward. So in the absence of a ton of other updates, that's been Rookie Watch. Five long years he wore this watch. Up his ass. All right, so we're going to get to my conversation with VT. And and in this conversation, I note my doorbell ringing. And that's the AC repairman showing up because it was hot as hell in the Red Glare Studios today. AC not cooling, Texans not taking advantage of opportunities. It's an error-laden Sunday, both on the field and off. But I did have a good conversation with VT, and once again, I appreciate him being on the show. So here's my talk with him. I am joined by at Brown Chubby Bear, VT, one-third of the Texans Fan Battle Podcast, before we get underway, VT, thank you very much for joining me. And what do you have to plug up top? Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, if you can uh, go to Texas Fan Battle. So I write for them, and I'm also uh, a speaker on the podcast. So it's me, Crenshaw, um, as well. So go to Texas Fan Battle. You can uh, read what I write. And then you can also look at, at our videos and podcasts as well. Awesome. So thanks again for coming. Um, I just watched, we just watched a pretty underwhelming Texans game. So obviously I've had a chance to sort of rant my thoughts and feelings. So I wanted to just give you the floor here. What were your initial thoughts, your main takeaways? So my main takeaway is the defense definitely is much better than last year. Uh, we saw it all through preseason. We even saw it in the first game. Um, and the defense is showing up. So that is something to be happy about. The problem that I have here specifically is, is the offense. Um, I could go on and say, you know, a couple things with the defense, particularly our linebackers and missed tackles, because that's a significant problem. But overall, our defense did show up. It's the offense that's the issue. Um, you know, Mills wasn't great today. He was okay. You know, I, I give him a meh rating. Um, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't able to make the throws that he needed to make. At the same time, there were throws that, even if they were great, they were catchable. 
So, you know, like for example, the one by Cooks, um, it was low, um, but he missed that catch. You know, that that's a catchable ball. That's, those are the throws you need. Those are throws that I understand those didn't make the best throw, but it's catchable. And you know, the real problem here that I see is that we don't necessarily have elite receivers. And so Mills is having to learn by only having at this point 14 games uh, or actually 15 games now in the NFL without having elite receivers. So how can we evaluate him properly? That is a real big question because if he is going to get better, it's, it's going to have to start happening. Um, last week was a little underwhelming. This week was a little underwhelming, but I'm, you know, I, I'm still trying to wait and see what he can show me because last year the progression was great, but right now I'm not seeing it. How much of that do you ascribe to Pep Hamilton and the offensive play calling? And you mentioned you mentioned the receivers or the lack of sort of, you know, premier talent on the outside for him. You know, we don't have that top end tight end. We don't have that, you know, wide receiver depth that, you know, some other teams can boast. But how much do you put on Davis Mills himself? And how much is it on the scheme and the play calling and the situations he's being put in? So... If I have to judge and say where I'm going to place the blame, I have to put more blame on Mills than Pat Hamilton. Um, there are definitely calls that are questionable. Um, you're second and 19, and you're going to throw a screen to Darren Brown. Um, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Um, I know they tried to do that with Brandon Cooks, and it, and it worked last year, like in that game, which, uh, the Jags game. Um, you could say that, I'm not saying he's trying to kill, but you know, when, when he can go up, he can go up. So I can understand the little brand clips every once in a while, but some of those calls were questionable. Um, the thing that I do like about Pep Hamilton is that he is trying new things. He's kind of using Jeff Driscoll as a, a taste of hell. That I, that I actually do like, you know, that's, cre- that's creative. But overall, he's not there yet. Mills isn't there yet. I would say the defense based on our talents is as good as, frankly, it can be with the talent that we have. You know, if we had better linebackers, our defense would be even better, frankly. Um, but but I would say that Lovey Smith and, and his defense that he's calling right now is it, it, it does give me joy. It's the offense that I'm very uh, unimpressed by at this point. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. The secondary, as although it seemed like Stingley was being picked on a little bit today, I thought he played fairly well. I mean. Yeah, he, he gave up a lot of receptions. I'll have to go back and, and watch the tape and see the targets versus the completions and all that stuff. But overall, the defense looked really good. And it seemed like we were up nine to six going into the fourth quarter. Um, and if you're playing the kind of style of game we were playing today, if you're trying to win that game nine to six, 12 to nine, like you're trying to win in that style. It seemed to me the play of the game was a third and 15 conversion um, given up sort of by Stingley, but also sort of by the cover two sort of shell defense that we were playing. Right. Um, it was a 35 yard pass to, to Sutton there. And that set up the touchdown, the go ahead touchdown. And we never were able to recover from there. Um, Ah, man, I don't have any specific, like my thoughts are like if Denver had come out and punched us in the mouth, right. And just scored on their first two drives and they were, they were clear and, and just sort of said, Hey, we're a better team and we're going to win this game going away. 
and you're a young team and you're rebuilding, then you have, you can sort of approach the, you know, dissection, how you feel as a fan differently than you're winning in the fourth quarter and you find a way to sort of, I wouldn't say choke it away. I don't feel like we choked it away, but I feel like we had an opportunity here and we didn't seize that opportunity. And it's a little bit reminiscent of last week's game to me where we could have won that game 50 different ways. We could have lost last week's game 50 different ways as well, but this game was there for the taking, which is sort of my takeaway here. It's like Russell Wilson's not going to play that poorly. At least if you're a Broncos fan, you hope he doesn't play that poorly again. Um, the penalties were sort of in our favor, that interception to start the second half, that was sort of a crazy play that doesn't go our way often. Um, I don't have a question here. I'm just like, as a fan, I'm just like, man, we, we kind of let that one get away. Did you, did you have that sense? What, what's your, what's your main takeaway moving forward? So my main takeaway in despite what I've said on the offense, right? Cause obviously I have issues with the offense. I have issues with the receivers. One of the biggest things that I've been ranting about, you know, basically since last year, um, ever since we started the rebuild, is that we have to get more discipline. We had, I, I mean, I, I didn't look at the stat right before I came because I watched the game and literally came right back home. But I think it was right around 100 yards or 90 yards or something like 94, I think, exactly. It was like 94 yards of penalties. You can't win a game when, you have, when you're giving up an entire football field of penalties. And agreed, the second DPI call on Stingley was a bad call. I don't think it was DPI. So I'm not going to put that on him. But overall, we have to stop these holding calls. We have to stop these false starts. Davis Mills, he said in the press conference last week that he wanted to use his legs. He did. And it got pulled back from a penalty. So he ran, he got that first down and got pulled back. You know, it's one of my complaints even from last year. Davis Mills only had one rushing TD, not, not, um, but it was pulled back because of Farrah Brown penalty. So these penalties are killing us. If we didn't have these amount of penalties, even with all the mistakes that Mills have made and with the deficiency that we have in our receivers, we could have won this game. So, you know, we have to somehow fix the discipline issue that we're having. And, and it is not rookies, just rookies making these mistakes. You know, Tulsa had that mistake. But Tulsa was the one that pulled back that first down run that um, Mills had. So right. these are vets here making these mistakes, not just rookies. And that's a big problem. That's right. And Tunsil, for, I mean, he had that play. He had a number of plays. It, it felt like the offensive line as a unit, um, at times they seemed overwhelmed. Uh, and I don't know if that was a lot of crowd noise, if that was Randy Gregory just being physically more, you know, more imposing than, than our offensive linemen. But um, yeah, I, I, man, I just had so many areas of like, I was just looking at our, our possession results of our possessions throughout the game went punt, punt, field goal, field goal, punt, field goal, punt, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. So like, as even if your defense is playing all world, if your offense can't give you anything to work with um, and our time of possession was not very good. Um, it struck me too. The first two drives ended in third and short telegraphed running plays. Mm. Like the first one, the first drive was a very slow developing toss play to the right. And then the second, the second drive was just a sort of like a run back of the, our third and one from last week with Rex Burkhead, where it's like, we told everybody on the field, we're going to run it right here. And then shock of shocks that that didn't convert for first down. 
Um, ah, man, I just had, I had issues with the play calling had issues with the offensive line. Like you mentioned, the discipline, the consistency, um, disappointed with Davis mills, um, man. And again, just to, just to say it again, it felt like the Broncos had it there for us to, they, they were, they burned all their timeouts. They had so many penalties. They had so many mental lapses and we just couldn't get it done. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just open the floor to you here. Moving forward, we saw a Colts team come in and uh, play poorly. And we, we escaped that game with a tie. Then we go to Denver, Denver plays poorly and we get, we get a loss in that game. So in terms of your expectations coming into the season, say two weeks ago versus where we are right now, how do you feel about the team moving forward? How do you feel overall? So my expectations, um, Coming into the season, I thought we were six one team. I, I'm not expecting that this team is going to, you know, get into the playoffs, or even a wild card, or anything like that. That was not an expectation coming into the season. Um, so I, I pretty much said we were a six win team, and if everything goes perfectly, we can possibly win eight, and that's perfect, perfect. Um, we don't have the roster to do what we really want to do yet. In, in terms of the offense specifically, and then of course the linebackers and defense. So that was my expectation. Um, when it came to the Colts game, I thought it was going to be close. Uh, and it, it obviously was, we ended the tie. So that kind of made expectations. Obviously there were missed opportunities in the Colts game. And there was obviously missed opportunities in the Broncos game, multiple missed opportunities. So in the, in the Colts game, for example, um, Mills missed Rex Burke wide open over the center. He missed Nico Collins as well. Those, those are two uh, throws that could have been easy first outs. So that's unfair. Um, and in, in this game, um, he overthrew quite a bit. So, so he overthrew Brevin Jordan. Um, he threw low to Brandon Cooks. Um, so those are issues that are, that are with Mills. Having said that, you know, obviously football is a team sport and you have to help your quarterback. Not everything is going to be perfect. You have to help them out. And I don't think right now we have receivers that can help them out. O.J. Howard had a great catch. That's helping out the quarterback. It wasn't a perfect throw. It was an okay throw. But it was a great catch. And, and that's what I expect from the offense, which we haven't seen last game or this game. And the reason for my concern is if we haven't seen Tyler Johnson out so that's one individual that I was really excited about picking up. O.J. Howard and Tyler Johnson were two very big pickups that I thought were going to be good, but we haven't seen him on the field. So I have to assume it's because he has a, he, he didn't know the playbook. Um, O.J. Howard seems like they're scheming him up for certain things, so he doesn't necessarily need to know the entire playbook right now. But overall, if we can't fix our offense in terms of just having better receivers or having receivers that can run the routes better, this is a problem. One more thing before I go on, my because I'm, I'm ranting now, but um, Nico Collins has a big issue when he, when he believes he's not going to be targeted, he simply doesn't run his full route. He, he gives up. And when that happens, it, he's obviously not even a decoy at that point. So he's unusable. Nico Collins has to step up and he has to realize that every single time he's running a route, he has to run his full route, no matter where he thinks the ball is going to go. And that's a big problem that he's got to face. 
I'm with you. VT, my, my doorbell's ringing. I'm going to let you go, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on. Take care, man. Take care. All right. I, I appreciate you tuning in. As I mentioned up top, it was an error-laden day. We lost some audio from this episode, unfortunately. Um, it was hot as hell in here, as I mentioned, with the AC troubles. The Texans game was deflating and underwhelming. And I really appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoy the show, please share it with someone that, that may also enjoy it. And I'll be back next week to talk more Texans. Um, please subscribe on Substack, redglare.substack.com, and reach out if you have any feedback. I'm easy to find. Until next week, take care, everybody. Okay, this is not Tom. This is Bowling. There are-